0: I'm beginning uh, today a uh, four part situation, sermons, and it's going to be what I call the journey. And I've selected four messages uh, over these 48 years that I'd like to uh, underscore different aspects of my journey so there'll be some testimony, a little bit more of me than you want to hear, but I want to put it in context. And uh, I call it These Things I Remember. And uh, I want to tell you what brought me here. I want to do do that ultimately, but I'm going to give a summary of Romans 1 through 7. I've preached the book of Romans three times in these 48 years. Once I did it in three and a half years. I went too quick. Another time I went for 18 months. Another time for two. And if I uh, was voted in this church all over, I'd start at verse 1 and start again. Because you don't understand the Gospel hardly unless you understand what Romans is saying. Here's what we say often. Uh, just learn First Corinthians 15 and that will save you. Jesus died for our sins, was buried, rose again. Uh, I have real questions about that. Because that just becomes a little formula. Uh, there's never been a time in my life that I didn't believe those facts. Those are the facts of the gospel. Our historical faith goes back to those historical events. Our Savior died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again. Now, I think Romans unpackages what he purchased uh, because the epistles do it. It's interesting that Romans is the first of the Pauline epistles. It wasn't the first one written. James was really the first uh, epistle written of the pastoral ones. But they put Paul right up front. Why? Probably the most important clarity given to what Christianity is in one book is the book of Romans. And so I want to explain to you uh, what these seven chapters of Romans have done in my life. Let me set it up this way. I was saved uh, at the age of 14 and 19, uh, Hendricks would say, as the earth's crust was hardening. (laughs) Uh, And so I was saved uh, in a little Pentecostal church that my uncle pastored on 15th and Cutting. Anybody know where 15th and Cutting is? Any Richmond folks, you know. So... Saved there on a Tuesday night. Uh, have no doubt about it. I know the time. I know the place. It was in the summer uh, of 58. Shortly thereafter, maybe after three months or so, I slept and cussed a few times. Uh, I might have done something else. And so I backslid. I just threw in the towel. I thought, well, I obviously didn't get it. And I'd gone to the altar many different times to be saved. And I would last uh, till I cussed, till I got mad, or, or did some sin, because I was in holiness groups that uh, sin shall never enter there, you know. And, and, and if you've sinned before Christ comes, you're lost. Anybody grow up that way? Okay. So, didn't want to be a hypocrite. So, hell, I'll just go back. I said, I used to think that would get me to hell, but it won't. It might make you not like me, but that's the way I felt. I threw in the towel. My brother Paul on a Sunday night got me to go to a prayer meeting I did not want to go to. I told him I was backslid; I couldn't live the Christian life. Leave me alone, Paul. Why do you even want me in a prayer meeting? And I went with him with another buddy that backslid about three times a year. And so uh, I, I go to the prayer meeting. And uh, something miraculous happened. I did what no one had ever told me, that when I sin, I just need to confess it. I don't have to get saved again. Now, you folks around you say, well, that's that simple. It's not simple if you don't know it. If you don't know it. See, I didn't grow up on Navigators. Our churches didn't have a bunch of teachers going on. We had evangelists, revivalists, great prayer meetings, uh, Truly born again people, uh, but there wasn't a lot of teaching. Okay, a lot of rules. Uh, I mean, we made rules. God never made. Anyone ever go to church like that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're in the hope. We're the holiness people, and we got the Holy Ghost and fire. You hear? These dead Baptists—they need the Holy Ghost. That's how we. That's how we grew up. Hate to be arrogant, but as dry as you are, you need to okay, that's what I grew <laughs> up in. Okay. I'm saved for um, five years, five years uh, before I ever heard the term justification. Uh, I went to a little free will Baptist Bible Institute that used to be in Sherwood Forest Church. Dean Moore was the president of it. He pastored Lincoln Avenue Free Will Baptist Church. And Dean was one of the finest, best, most gifted teachers I'd ever heard. I'm taking the book of Romans when I'm 19. We're using William R. Newell's book out of Moody. And uh, I'm hearing terms. I, every group, every group gets their favorite little themes. You know, Lutherans maybe, Pentecostals. Baptist, everybody's got their little favorite. Okay. Well, I was in one set of terminology, but now I got a guy talking to me about justification. Never heard it. Election. Oh, God forbid. That's what the Baptists really believe. That can't be true. God just destroyed my free will. That can't be true. Uh, By George, my will is free. Okay. Had all that prejudice. And believe me, I was never going to be a Baptist. That would be a curse. Because we're the Holy Ghost crowd. Uh, terrible arrogance. It's a wonder God didn't judge me. Well, I just thought we had it. And we did have it. We had a lot of other things. And uh, I, I grew up in that class. Dean gave us this definition. He said, when we came to Romans 3 and 4. So we're talking just. He said, justification is the judicial declaration of God. Judicial, it's like in the court. Declaration. He doesn't make you sinless, but he declares the judicial declaration of God, whereby he declares a hell-deserving sinner to be righteous in his sight, Based upon the imputed righteousness of Christ. Isn't that a mouthful? Yeah. Do you know what I just said? <laughs> okay, let's. Just, the judicial act, like it's from the bench. God can declare, you said, in the eyes of this court that has found you guilty, and we'll look at that. I can now declare you to be righteous and a man to walk out of the court free. How can you do that? you have put your faith in Jesus Christ okay am i still ungodly you absolutely are yep. well how can you declare me righteous is this a fiction or is this a fact well he said what you don't know in heaven we just did divine accounting and in greek it would be i logizomai i just put to your credit the complete righteousness of Christ yeah. And at the same time, I've transferred your sins to him. I made him sin, but I'm going to make you righteous. When I, when I heard that, did you get it? Yes. The judicial act of God, whereby he declares a hell deserving sinner to be righteous, not because you act righteous, because he never changes your character in justification, you're still ungodly. You haven't done anything right yet. I'm going to give you credit for his righteousness. And Christ was righteous in two ways. They call it his active obedience, his passive obedience. One, he fully kept all of the law, Romans 8. What? Now God has given me credit for having kept all the law. Romans 8, 3, we have kept the law in Christ. That's why the law has no more say over us. And then his passive obedience, and I have died for all the sins I've committed, all the times they've broken the law, I will die and appease the law in a satisfactory payment. So I'm going to give this believing sinner in a moment, in an act. It's not a process. Just, justification it in a moment. Punctilia. Point of time. Yes. I would declare that you have kept every command and you have died for every offense in the person of my son. I want to give you credit for that by grace. Now, uh, I went to a a Pentecostal school in Livermore from 66 to 70. I was the one that taught Romans in that school. A school that people that I never heard the word uh, justification, never heard the word election, never heard the word adoption. I heard you need the Holy Ghost, uh, you need to tithe, uh, you need to live holy, uh, Jesus is coming. I heard some wonderful truths. But there were some that I'd never heard for myself. I uh, could have been asleep. I'm not castigating. I never knew. I never knew this truth. I'm like Luther. All of a sudden, it hit. I call it a grace awakening for me. So I'm teaching this, teaching this. And while I'm in Romans, I finally come to see anybody that God has done this for He's not about to ever lose them out of his hand. So I painted myself in a corner again in Romans. Do you mean this thing's forever? Do you mean he won't cancel the birth certificate if I sin? This is radical. That's what Baptists teach. You can't believe what they teach. They don't even have the Holy Ghost. They don't even talk in tongues. I said, no, it's what the Bible teaches. And if they believe it, thank God. Where have you been all your life? I thought, I haven't been on this page. Pretty soon I say, and he chose you. God, who do you think you are to be choosing me? I've got the free will. Other words, God doesn't have a free will. He can't choose who's in the family. See, you want your will, but you don't want him to have one. Huh? Let me tell you what you do. No. Well, in that time, I, I came to teach all this stuff, got in trouble with the denominational leaders, so I sent in my ordination and went to school in Fresno, come back. I started this church because I said to God at that Bible institute, if you never show me another truth, in all the Bible, but this truth that the how you have the ability to declare a man right in your sight in a moment, in an act, who simply believes you're telling the truth. Yes. Abraham believed God, and God gave him credit for righteousness. Amen. That's all he did. He believed. <laughs> he didn't do anything. He didn't live the life. He believed. He was a moon worshiper at that time. He's a pagan. He grew up in Babylon. But he believed God when God said, I can bless you and do this. And Jesus, God said, Did you know I can forgive all your sins? I can give you the gift of becoming my child. And I can make you righteous in my sight forever if you will but put your trust in Christ. Can you do that, God? Is that the gospel That is the gospel. And I started this church with that, so that when I came here, God tested that theology by giving me a bunch of rabble rouser uh, sixty rebels they didn 't dress like me, they didn 't smell like me, and they didn 't look like me. I'm wearing suits. I came from hole in the circles modesty, dress for women, rules, abstaining, and all, none of that I disdain. but we were stricter. I come over here, these kids are 60s products. Maybe light up a little marijuana before the service so you can worship better. Uh, you know, flip-flops, jeans, but men didn't seem like they knew could spell hygiene. It just—it just it just, didn't, it, it just wasn't there. They could care less. They just This is the way we are. If you don't like it, too bad. They they told me if we had an American flag in the hall, they wouldn't attend. They They were going to Canada. They weren't going to go to Vietnam. They were rebels, rebels, rebels. The girls had all been sleeping with someone since they were 13. And the guys still were going to parties and, and smoking marijuana until their unsafe friends says you can't come anymore because it kind of ruined the party's witnessing. You need Jesus, man. <laughs> you need Jesus. And they said, get out of here. We don't need a Christian waiting in on our booze party. And they said, because they didn't know all the holiness standards, standards, church rule. They didn't know anything about church. They were just pagan." So, my wife said, I don't think any of them are saved. (laughs) I don't blame her. And I said, we'll see. I said, at least I'm not bothered because I don't care how they dress, how they look, how they smell. The gospel I've come to believe in Romans says he can change them if he justified (laughs) them. And I'm not going to try to put a bunch of rules on them. I'm not going to give them rules. I, I hate rules in church. Don't put me under your rules. I'm a rebel. I won't do them. Put me in Christ. That's where I am. Christ and his spirit. I don't need the law. The law has nothing to do with me. Now, let's look at three things. Our condition before God without Christ. Our condition. Second thing... Our condemnation before God, without Christ, and then I want to give you the cure: two things, justification and sanctification. Our our condition before God, unsaved. God says in Romans 18, "I am angry at the human race, and I don't need you or Cal Berkeley or anybody else to vote that in. I am angry." I don't like what the race is doing. You hate me. You dishonor my commandments. Uh, you've abandoned what can be known of God in Romans 1. I'm the creator. And you say, you're not the creator. And you wind up worshiping snakes, animals, trees, you, you've thrown off the true and living God because you've got to make something. And Isaiah said, you cut the log in two with part of it, you carve into your idol. With the other, you build your evening fire. You're idolatrous. You don't want the true and living God. Oh, your bodies, you've thrown them to the wind. You'll sleep with anything, an animal, each other, men with men, women. You, you've abandoned all moral restraints with what you do with your body. Uh, you have become willingly ignorant. What can be known of God, you suppress. Can't can not get it out. Sounds like California. Uh, you can't have God in the classroom. That, that's heresy. we got to believe what Darwin came up with. No, we don't. We believe the creator. He knows what he made. He knows how he made it. If you don't like this universe, make one of your own. Listen, God said, I made this one. Not you nor a bunch of scientists. I'm a theist before I'm a scientist. I care less about so-called science. I want a true and living God, or the God of Romans. And then he goes along, chapter 2. He said, you're storing up wrath against the day of judgment. Chapter 2, verse 5. Verse 8, he goes on. Judgment is coming. Judgment. I've judged you, found you guilty. Come to chapter 3. He said, I've got 14 counts against you in the court. It says, though Romans is a prosecuting attorney, I've stepped in the court and I want to make my case before the God of the universe and he finds you guilty. You're a sinner. You hate him. You don't want him. You despise him. You don't keep his commandments. You sin and you keep falling short of the glory due him. You have nothing to commend yourself before God, self-righteous or pagan. And so in the court, it's over for the human race. It's curtains. Guilty. I'm angry with A sinful race. I'm not passing. I hate what you're doing so much, I will send you to hell. Sometimes you hear this little phrase, God hates the sin, but he loves the sinner. You ever hear that? If you read Psalms, just try it sometimes. Read Psalms 1 through 25, just 25. You'll be amazed at how many times you said, I hate the wicked. I hate the Read Proverbs 6. I hate him who lies. I hate him who sheds innocent blood. I hate him with a high and haughty look. Seventh thing. He said, I hate. Does God have a right to hate? Yeah. I hate sin. (coughs) But I heard R.C. Sproul said he might hate your sin, but it's the sinner he sends to hell, not your sin. The one who did the sin is the one that goes to hell. So God is angry. He's still angry. He's giving up men to do things they never thought. I mean, we just had one of our sisters uh, uh, at a gym working out, goes in the shower, and all of a sudden a naked man is running through the women's locker room because it says you can pick any locker room you want. just happened last week. Can you imagine? Because that's how brilliant we've become. Uh, Well, well, I thought this was a women's bathroom. Well, no, John, he thought he ought to use it too. Because we've gotten smarter, you know. We know all kinds of moral boundaries. No, he's given us up to futile stupid thinking. We have become ignoramuses in God over basic things as privacy, what you do with your body, Who you sleep with? Uh, Can I not go to a restroom that is just for women and me go to one just? No, we are enlightened. No, 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 we're being given up. God's giving us up to do all the sin. See, God's judgment for sin is more sin until he banishes it. This is our condition. We stand guilty. And he says at the end of Rome, The whole world stands guilty before... We're guilty as charged. All of a sudden, a defense attorney steps in the court. He steps in, and he talks to the judge. And he says, uh, Your Honor, I represent all these uh, condemned people, all these sinners. And uh, he said... I'm coming and begging for grace. I don't want you to treat them as they deserve. And how would it satisfy the court if I were willing to pay for all their crimes? What? What did the bench hear? You want to pick up their crime. But well, you know, we need a perfect sacrifice. Your Honor, have I not obeyed everything you've ever said for me to do? Oh, yes, you have. What if I'd be willing to die in their place and have you not diminished anything you wanted to do against them? Don't hold it back when you judge me. I want to bear the full weight of of the sin of every criminal this court is trying which is the whole world I would be willing to step in as it were the guillotine, the electric chair and don't spare me because they're as bad as you say I'm not here to defend their character I'm not here to tell you they didn't do it I'm not here to say they're a good old boy I'm here to say they are as bad as you have convicted them And as I understand, this court cannot be satisfied by the law, cannot be satisfied by good deeds, by nice moral, by giving to charity, by being baptized, by being religious. I I hear nothing will satisfy the court but me. And I'm here to present myself to you. Uh, By the way, judge, I can't call you Father. Uh, Would you sentence me like you intend to sentence them? And so the father agrees. And it only took six hours for someone as perfect as his son. It's so moving that when Genesis 22, Abraham was rescued from plunging the knife because there was a ram caught in the thicket But when he wrote Romans 8, 34, he said, God did not spare his own son whom he freely gave. And if he freely gave his son for you, will he freely not give you all things? The night (laughs) fell on him. The night fell on him. This is the gospel by which I started valley. And I'm going to say with Paul at 1 Corinthians, I've laid a foundation Whoever builds on this foundation had better not preach any other gospel. This is our gospel. This is Paul's gospel. Don't, don't let these men ever bring someone to you that doesn't believe that gospel. This is our good news. And Mr. I don't care how righteous you think you are, you are condemned in the court. The only righteousness available to you is through faith in Jesus Christ. And he'll give you that righteousness. That's how you pick it up. Now what's amazing is the moment he justifies you, uh, he still has an ungodly person on his hands. You remember what it said of Abraham? While he was yet ungodly, God justified him. Well, he's ungodly. Wait, that can't be. Christians are all godly. No, they're not. The moment he started with you, you were as ungodly as you could be. Well, how could I be declared righteous? You you missed it, didn't you? He gave you another's righteousness. You walk out of the meeting, I've got a righteousness I never earned. I've got a righteousness I never, I, I can't. it cannot be. Uh, oh, Listen. Listen, you don't sing these kind of songs because they're not on okay, love. But I want to hear you. I want you to hear some music that that is ought to be eternal. Listen to this, listen. And can it be that I should gain an entrance in the Savior's blood? Died He for me, who caused His pain, for me who Him to death pursued. Amazing love, how can it be? that thou, my God, shouldst die for me. No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. Alive in him my living head and clothed in righteousness divine. You're clothed in righteousness, friend. You're clothed with Christ. You're clothed. But I approach the eternal throne and claim the crown. Christ my own. Oh, listen to this old song. How many of you ever heard Once for All? Man, we got one elect here. (laughs) Free from the law, oh happy condition. Jesus has bled and there is remission. Cursed by the law and bruised by the fall. Grace has redeemed us once for all. You hear that? Now are we free? There's no condemnation. Jesus provides a perfect salvation. Come unto me, O hear his sweet call. Come, and he saves us once for all. Oh, here's a song none of you have sung for 25 years, but put up with uh, Brother Noah. Listen to these words. I quote this line once in a while. But I want you to hear what Augustus Toplotti said in the whole phrase. I want to pick up two lines. Not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands. Could my zeal no respite? No. Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. Nothing in my hand I bring Simply to thy cross I cling. Naked, come to thee for dress. Helpless, look to thee for grace. Foul, I to the fountain fly. worship me, Savior, or I die. Anybody ever sing it? You haven't, you haven't got any songs that improve it. You can't improve it. Why don't you sing them? Pray over them. Let me tell you this. If you don't get this gospel straight, I'll tell you what happens in church life. One, you'll become a legalist. You'll make a set of rules that will up your worth and ante because you've got to keep proving to God you're worthy. So we got all this legalistic mindset. A uh, uh, perfectionist. Kim and I grew up in groups and... Uh, I don't know if they taught sinless perfection, but when I met Frank Griffith, he he grew up in a sinless perfect group. And he was proof it was not sinless. He'd tell you that. Uh, You know, sinless perfection. You can get the old nature eradicated. Well, the old nature's got nine lives, honey. It keeps coming back. You just learn to lie a lot. You still deal with sin. But you begin be legalistic or you get perfectionistic, like these sincere believers. I'm going to maybe be ascetic, I'm going to I'm going to defeat the flesh somehow. I wanna get I'm gonna hold in the circles will drive you batty with all the stuff they're talking that seems to give them and, and you know I wanna I wanna just say what? Why, why you know what? I think I'm the most uh, wretched man at Valley, but I've got a righteousness you can't touch. I stand in another. You can't, you can't take it away. You're, oh, excuse me. You're not a good pastor. You didn't do this right. Oh, what's been intact all these years is he already showed me where my righteousness is. It's in him. It's in him. It's not in you. If I fall in the hands of men, I don't have a chance. David said that. Don't let me fall in the hands of men. They'll vote me out in a minute. David said, let me fall in the hands of God. There's mercy with him. Yes. You don't want to fall in the hands of people. They'll eat you up one day and spit you out the next. If I should seek to please men, I would cease to be the servant of God, Galatians 1.10. So let me tell you, you may be justified in a day let me tell you what he does the rest of your life he starts working on you to teach you to be holy and he says this is the way I do it I was Matt Nicosia shared a book with me on missionology and it had a it's called the 3D gospel and in that book by a missionary they said there's three basic uh, things that people look at that they would like to be saved from In the West, they say guilt uh, is the big issue. I did the crime. I'm guilty for doing it. And so that's, okay, I'm guilty. I I want to get to a no condemned place. But that's only the West. If you're from Asia, uh, Near East, you grow up in shame cultures. Well, you grow up in cultures that if a menstrual cycle hits a woman, she's forbidden to worship for a month or maybe a week. She can't come around the synagogue, temple. What, what sin did she commit? None. If she, uh, she and her husband tried to move a dead mother from their house, they become defiled. They've got to bring an offering to get clean. Shame. You must not touch anything dead. Was it a sin? Not really. Uh, and the prodigal son, the miracle is not that his dad let him home. is that the village didn't stone him before he got to his father's arms. Because they had the right in the Near East to stone the boy because he had shamed the father. It, it's community. It's community shame. Uh, many uh, suicides in Japan and other cultures. If you don't make the honor roll, if you're not a straight-A student, you brought shame on the family. And so many a young person commits suicide rather than to shame. But in America, we're the John Wayne, Marlboro, independent American. We don't care about community. But most of the world does. And then in Africa... Fear cultures and other cultures where there's demons, there's omens, there's shaman, there's witchcraft, the demonic world, there is haunting people all the time. Guess what? In the gospel, he saves you from guilt, shame, and fear. This is what he does for shame. God says, you know what? You're from a wicked family. The moment I justify you, I want to change your identity to a new family I'm going to unite you with my son. I'm going to give you credit for his death, his burial, his resurrection, and I'm going to raise you up with him. And matter of fact, I'm going to call you a son. And then for fear, I'm going to put my Holy Spirit in you. And Romans 8 said, "He has not called us again to slavery that brings fear. But he's brought us into such family intimacy. He says, the family name you can use is Abba. Nothing to be afraid. Matter of fact, when you come to the throne, don't come trembling. Come with boldness. I've paid for your right to have access because you're a son. All the family, the kinsman redeemer, he was the one that bought back all the family's lost inheritance. My kinsman brother called Jesus bought back everything I lost in Eden, bought back everything I lost in Adam. I want to tell you I've been reinstated, I'm in the family, I'm an heir, I'm adopted, I am called a child and son of God. But 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 I but I weep. This is why I started this church why I preach I didn't start valley with a burden for souls I only had a burden for the saved that were miserable have you ever met a miserable Christian yeah. <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, this is what this is what I felt once God illumined this grace awakening in my own heart I felt like a man who went to the reading of the will? The rest of the family couldn't be there; they were detained. So I went to the reading of the will, and all my family are poor people. All my family are living on welfare. Uh, we're barely getting by. Old cars, no wardrobe, no savings. We're just the uh, we're the fringe. We're the poor. But I went to the reading of the will and the will just said that everybody in my family was a millionaire because of what was in the will. So I said, what are you saying, Lord? He said, go tell the rest of the children what I left them. They're in these little traditional legalistic Perfectionisty, and and if they're not a good legalist, they're always condemned. Every time they sin, they're condemned. They think they're lost. They're on probation. They never have assurance. They're going to be lost minute. So how it's hard to evangelize people to get them miserable with you in Christianity. You're miserable. You don't know you're really saved. You don't know how long it's going to last. But come and join me. It's good while well, you got it. Do you hear me? No, no, I just read the will. And the will said, you're righteous because of Christ's merits. You've been adopted in his family. You've been given every spiritual blessing. You're not only an heir, you're a joint heir. You're going to spend eternity with Christ. He's giving you the Holy Spirit to help sanctify you, to control your filthy mouth, to change your dirty mind, to change your morals, to change. He will change who he justifies. The two works, though. First, I'm justified. You've got to know that. If you don't know that, you're always going to be iffy. And oh, I don't know if I can. I do have it by faith alone. Yes. Hear me. And Christians don't know this. They got more hang-ups than you can imagine. But you hear me. You hear me. You hear me. You buy this tape. And you buy all, all the tapes from the 70s. And hear what I screamed. Every, when I come to town, this man's becoming another drunk. And when I told him these truths, I saved Pentecostal boy, but defeated. Defeated. And I told him, no, you're saved. He said, he got mad at me. He said, tell me I'm going to hell. You know how he grew up? I, I'm going to hell. I said, you're not. I was there the night you were saved at Central Assembly on Barrett Avenue. I saw my dad and brother carry you to the car. I know you're saved. How can you say it, Philip? I said, I could say it because Romans says that he declared you righteous that night. Hadn't changed your character yet, but he will. He will. Could never change, uh, we're all smokers, my family, unless I went to church. But dad grew up with Indians. They smoked and chewed didn't spit it. They were smokers. Loved to, to, uh, David, my brother Paul started smoking at nine. My folks bought him his cigarettes. Didn't want to get them out of the gutter. You ought to have been in our house when they all lit up. <laughs> hooked on hooked on tobacco. One morning, 7 in the morning, he said, well, I want to tell you, I quit smoking today Well, I was living with him. Savannah, you know, all his Cuban cigars. I mean, our house, I couldn't invite anyone over. It was his house, but come on, treat it like it's mine. <laughs> and he's smoking these cigars. And guess what? When he found out I could be just before God without being holy, and God will take time to make me holy in a day, in a Bible study. Set free, set free. Romans 6 setting free. Not another holiness legalistic rule. You can't smoke. No, no. You're in Jesus. You got the Spirit. I can change. Let me tell you, child of God, I don't care how defeated you are, how beat up you are. I got a gospel that sets Christians free. I got a gospel that can make you run. Get happy about it. This is our gospel. We're not signing you up for another Mount Sinai. The rules are gone. You got a relationship with Jesus. And if you want to sin, sin. Tell me if you enjoy it. When he gets through lovingly getting you and say, I'm going to just spank, I'm not going to disown you, but I'm going to spank you, precious little darling. You will get the message and he will take away your appetite for sin. I don't love what I used to love and I love things I never loved. I love his word. I love his people. I love doing right. Where did all that come from? A rule? No. Now kneeling on fifteenth and cutting in the summer of '58, in a night, in a night. Not a course. Not not a course in one event. One event. I was changed forever, and he once ever demon. And he once ever falls, says, you might as well leave him alone, Satan. I got him forever. He's mine. I got him forever. He's got you forever. I want to I wanna do, in these last four sermons, I want to go on record. Has he changed? Oh, have I changed? Don't even bring up this subject. This is what I, this is why I still preach. I've been through some storms in this church. I've been in some low times, discouraged times, beat-up times. When my girl was in trouble, I was beat up. My wife was in depression. I had her under doctor's care. I resigned to the elders. I was looking for a place to move. And then the elders said, you rest. Then tell us if you want to come back. And basically I said, I'll only come back if I can preach this gospel. If I could tell sinners this, I know a way sinners can get to heaven in a moment, in a moment, in a moment. You know what? You ought to be weeping or jumping over pews that this is true. I didn't make this up. This is the Bible. Father, if there is any guilty sinner here because they're outside Christ. I pray that they would not quit trusting their good works, quit trusting whatever they may be trusting and say, you mean just by looking to the Lamb of God I could be saved? Yes, just look at the serpent up on the pole as Moses did. John says if you'll believe in the son like Israel look to that serpent I'll save you if there's anyone here unsaved I pray they'll look to the Lamb of God and be saved and for every miserable defeated Christian wherever they might be I would that this gospel would set them free and they would first settle the guilt question my guilt was handled at Calvary And now a kind, loving, gracious father who will never show me his wrath again, never, never, never. He will train me and conform me to look like his son. Someday, Jesus, we're going to look like you. Someday, every thought we have will be like you. Someday, everything we ever do will be just like you. Because you are patiently conforming us to the image of the Son. You are our holiness. I hear 1 Corinthians 1:30. He is our sanctification, our holiness, redemption. Our righteousness is a gift, of righteousness. We have none of our own. Nothing in my hand to thee I bring. Simply. To thy cross, I claim. Strengthen every beat up condemned by the devil, saying, because when we sin, the devil will be there to accuse and say, you're not really a Christian or make us guilty about something. May everyone be set free from that condemning voice and run to the cross and say, my sins have been forever paid for. I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. We bless your name that your wrath was settled in the court at Calvary and the defense attorney showed us the grace that could handle the wrath and you paid it fully. May we not be robbed of this. Maybe not get caught up in church politics, church fuss budgets, and fuss this, color, sound, lights, all the fussy things we can get into in church life. If we lose this, we've lost Christianity. We've lost Christ. Do not let us lose Christ. I just pray you'll take us with your grace and peace. As a fellow brother and sister as you dismiss to say this is the greatest thing in the world. Say it by faith. Dismiss, you're dismissed. But please first say that this is the greatest thing in the world. world. Amen. God bless you.